Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good evening. Following the tragic loss of uh, a dear friend and business partner earlier this week, I was made to reflect on just how precious and fleeting life can be. And it can just fly by in a moment. So we all need to make the best of our time on this earth. And she certainly did pack so much into her life that she probably did more in her short life than most people would do in three lifetimes. So we can celebrate that at least. Now, someone once said to me that there are two certain things in life. One is death and the other is taxes. Unfortunately, taxes do not end when you die. The government still wants their share of your estate before you hand it on to your beneficiaries. Key that That's the key. Before you hand it on to your beneficiaries, before it's released to your beneficiaries, they want their share of the tax. Now, even though you've built up your savings, maybe your house, uh, any property, any investments, you built them up from money that was pretty much taxed money. Like you earned that money, you paid tax on the money before you got it. And then you build it up and they tax the interest on accounts and the interest on property income or the rent on property income, the the dividends on shares and so on. And then at the end, after paying all that tax, paying money to earn it, paying money on on the the, the growth and everything, the the government still then wants to put its hand out and and take a share of your your, your hard-earned savings. And And then they spend it. You know, they spend your money. And, you know, you get people from the, from the left wing saying, why should people inherit money? Why should, you know, people inherit all this money? It should go to the state and all this sort of thing. Well, I, I don't believe it. I talk about this in, in, my, in my book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. It's not just about earning money and building up money. It's about preserving it and preserving the wealth for who you want it to go to, whether it's uh, your favorite charity or, or your, you know, your family, your children, your grandchildren or whatever it is. It should be your choice. And, you know, like, right, you can't change the system, right? I can't change what the government wants to do. But you can take steps to legally mitigate inheritance tax liabilities. Now, have a look at my article on the billionaire Duke of Westminster uh, that legally avoids several billion pounds of inheritance tax. They're, they're one of the richest families in, in the, the UK, one of the richest families in the world in property terms. And they managed to, to, to cascade their wealth down the generations by, by using you know, largely trust and other other methods. Now, you need to take advice on this, obviously. It's not something you can just learn on a podcast and go and do it yourself. But there are, there are three common methods that are used. Uh, one is wills, making the, the right will in the right way. The second is trusts, use the use of trust. And this is, is a massively complex area of law. Uh, and the third thing is life assurance. Now, there's an old saying also, that, uh, you know, you've heard the saying, where there's a will, there's a way. Well, there's another saying that says, where there's a will, there's a relative. And, you know, when somebody dies, relatives you haven't seen for years just turn up, don't they? And, and you know, looking for something, looking what they can get, looking for an inheritance. Now, even though you don't think you earn you own very much, uh, you might think, well, I haven't got much. I've just got my house or I've just got this or that. 
it's, it's still important to, to make a will because a will is also an expression of your your wishes as well. Uh, it's not just about handing down money. It's, it's, it's all sorts of things. Now, if you die without a will, which is known as dying intestate, sounds very painful, uh, the state will make one for you effectively and distribute your estate according to the, the laws of intestacy. Now, for some people, it might be fine. I mean, if, if you've if you've got uh, a parent and the, and the, the best beneficiary is a child, that, that's fine. But then if, if there's no child, they start looking at other uh, relatives. So there's a set process for it. Now, if no beneficiaries can be found, the money potentially will go to the state. Again, you, you've lost it. Whereas you could have left that money or, or property or whatever it is to a favorite charity or, or some, some cause you find uh, close to you. So look, here are some things that I want you to consider today uh, because this really brought it home to me this week. Now, first of all, make a will. Now, even if you you think your situation is simple, I'm just going to leave the money to my wife or leave the money to my spouse or my children, um, you should still make a will because it's important that you have these things down in writing. The second thing is have it done professionally. Uh, now, you, you can get um, wills done by by on online services and go down the, the stationers and, and get a, a, a ready-made will off the shelf and write it out. Uh, and so, yeah, you can get basic wills online and that sort of thing, but I don't recommend it. Um, you don't want a will to be uh, open to, to change. You don't want relatives turning up and trying to challenge the will later on or claim that it's not valid for one reason or another or say, well, that, that's not a valid will. Uh, there might be another will or, or, or something like that. And also you could make mistakes. It, the way you, for, for a married couple, the way you write a will could have a big difference on how much uh, inheritance is tax is paid down the line. So definitely use a professional. Uh, I, I wouldn't choose this as something as a, as a sort of DIY job. Now you can include certain things in your will, such as um, you know whether you want to be buried or cremated. Uh, where you'd like to be buried? What type of funeral do you want? Do you want a religious funeral? Do you want a civic civic service? Do you want a fun service? What songs you might want to hear at the at the uh, or be played at your your funeral? All sorts of things that are not just about the money side of things. Now, make sure you, you, people can find your will. Uh, your solicitor can hold the original. Uh, a will company might be able to f hold the original, but make sure it's accessible. You don't just tuck it away in a trunk somewhere in the loft uh, and and nobody can find it. Um, now. The other thing is, um, think about how your family will pay for the funeral. Do you have insurance, for instance? Do you have a, a funeral plan or a prepaid uh, funeral with a, with a reputable firm? Are you a firm, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking of firm, national firms like the co-op that you know are going to be there in you know, 20, 30, 40 years time rather than a sort of a one-man band shop. Um, you know, uh, but... That, that's something you might want to think about. Now, if you look at funeral directors, now there are funeral directors in the, the streets where I grew up that, you know, many, many years ago that are still there. You know, that, the same firms are still there. You don't normally see uh, funeral directors closing down, do you? They're just there. They're a permanent fixture. You can say on the corner where that funeral director is or, you know, they're always there, aren't they? They, they, they generally don't go out of business because, you know, people are all, we don't like to think about it, but we're all going to die at some stage. And then the funeral's there to say, hello, you know, uh, give us your money. Um, and, and, it, and it is quite expensive. So you need to make sure you have um, a, a pretty much money that can be in the hands of your 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 beneficiaries uh you know but because 
when you die, a lot of people don't realize that your assets are effectively frozen and your family will not be able to access your money until a grant of probate has been made. Now, a basic funeral can cost anything between three and five thousand pounds. Yeah, three and five thousand pounds. And that will have to be paid in advance. That will have to be paid up front. So you, your family's going to have to find that money before they can uh, claim any money back from your estate or get hold of any money from your estate. Now, that might be fine. Um, you know, if it's if it's a husband and wife situation and both got their own money, yeah, they, they, they can use their own money to pay for the funeral. But, you know, if it's just a, uh, um, a, a single person and, and they've got children and family, you know, and, and all the money's in that one person's name, it's going to be difficult to access that money. So you need to sort of make make sure you they've got access to that money now some funeral plans will cater for that uh prepaid funerals were obviously uh they're fine um and now you could also remember that that three to five thousand pounds is just for the funeral directors to to deal with uh the remains the body to, to transport it to the to the, to the graveyard and and do the the church service and that sort of thing. so that's for the basically like three or four hours work and and a wooden box uh, if, if you break it down to, to that level, there's a lot more administration that goes into it apart from that. So you, you've got to think about that. And there are also other costs, such as a graveyard plot, which could be thousands of pounds, um, you know, headstones and and, and, and all these things and uh, charges made by cemeteries and crematoriums. So think about that. Make sure, you, you know, make sure you've got adequate life insurance for your dependents to, to cover these things. They should also think about maybe putting your uh, in, insurance into trust so that it doesn't form part of your estate when you die. So when I say your estate, that's the value of all the goods and uh, uh, and money and savings and property. So if you had an estate, I mean, a typical property in London could be anywhere from half a million to a million now. So a lot of people are going to hit the, that half a million threshold already j just from the house. But if you have an insurance policy that then, so you're insured for half a million, you've got a house for half a million and the insurance policy pays out. That's going to make your estate one million pounds and anything over 500,000, you're going to pay a lot of tax on it, probably up to 40%. So, you know, you, there are ways of writing life assurance in trust so that it then goes outside of your estate and, and then uh, it, it's a separate uh, entity. So, you know, that, that doesn't form part of your estate and it's not taxed in that way. And it also means that the, the beneficiary can get their hands on the money a lot quicker than waiting for, for probate. So think about that. Um, and, you know, I was in, in, in financial service for 25 years and almost every, everyone I met, maybe 99% of people I met uh, were underinsured. You know, husbands, you'd say to husband, say you've got a husband who's a breadwinner and the wife's not working, she's got young children. I said, what would you do if you died? How, how would they manage? And he said, well, she's got the house, hasn't she? Like the house is going to just produce this income that they need to live on every month. Uh, they, they really said these sort of things. It's unbelievable how they said these. Or she can get a job. Or I've even heard, well, she can get get married again, I suppose. You know, it, it was unbelievable. So for the sake of maybe 20, 10 pounds a month, 15, you know, they wouldn't pay that extra money to make sure that the, the wife and the children uh, could still live in the in the lifestyle that they were still living in now. Uh, so it, it was unbelievable. And uh, people even had mortgages uh, that, that were were not even protected by insurance. Now, a lot of people take out a mortgage and buy a property, but they don't take out a mortgage protection policy that pays off the mortgage when they die. Uh, obviously, you know, if you've got dependents and, and you die and you leave a whacking great mortgage that's costing a thousand or fifteen hundred a month um, and then you take out one of the breadwinners, 
How are they going to manage that? How are they going to pay it? Whereas if you had mortgage protection insurance, it would just be cleared off and the house is then mortgage free. Lenders in the past, building societies used to insist on either mortgage protection or an endowment policy to cover the mortgage. And that, that, that policy used to be assigned to the lender by the solicitors. So they would get their money back straight away. That's all gone out the window now. They don't even insist on it. So it, it's, it's actually a sad thing because a lot of people will take out a mortgage, rush around, get everything sorted out and forget to take out any insurance. And these insurance policies for a young couple can be very, very cheap. They can be six, ten pounds a month, fifteen pounds a month. The term insurance is very cheap. Now, there are lots of different types of insurance. You need to see your advisor about that. But, you know, protecting any debts and mortgages uh, should be your first priority. And, and then the next priority is, is protecting uh, your income or uh, income replacement insurance that, that gives you gives them uh, money if you, if you die to replace your income because you are a valuable asset. Uh, Warren Buffett once said to students, how much would you sell your lifetime earnings to me if I could give you a lump sum and then keep your lifetime earnings? It was an interesting question because you might think your house is your most valuable asset, but probably you are your most valuable asset because the amount of money you will earn over, over the years. And if you take you out of the picture, where is that money going to come from? Now, finally, I'd say, oh, by the way, I'd say, it, with inheritance tax, think about this uh, inheritance. I mentioned this just now, but think about inheritance tax. Thousands of ordinary families end up paying inheritance tax, um, you know, quite unexpectedly. They think, well, we wouldn't be paying inheritance tax because we're not the Duke of Westminster. Well, the Duke of Westminster doesn't pay inheritance tax, but a lot of middle class and ordinary families end up paying inheritance tax. So you, you've got to think about this, how you, you can um, uh, mitigate this, because you know, a lot of people say, well, um, you know, I hear people saying, well, I'd like my children to keep this house. It's a lovely house and I'm sure they'll be able to keep it. Well, maybe they won't be able to keep it because they might have to sell it to pay the inheritance tax before they can actually get their hands on it. And, and that can be a tragedy. So you need to think about how you're going to provide this. One way is to provide an insurance policy that pays out interest to the beneficiaries to pay the inheritance tax. But there are all sorts of ways you can do this. Um, so you, you need to take advice. You can also make time, make a use of lifetime gifts and lifetime allowances to, to your children or grandchildren. These can be tax-free in many countries. So you can give away, gift away legally some of the money, you know, instead of waiting until you die. This this might be appropriate for someone who has great children, grandchildren or great-grandchildren even to make gifts during their lifetime. But you don't want to make so many gifts that you've, you're left with nothing yourself. It's a bit, bit of a different, difficult balancing act, isn't it? So finally, look, don't leave things to chance. Take professional advice from a solicitor or financial advisor and make sure you get that will sorted out. Because believe me, I've seen a lot of arguments uh, over wills. I've seen a lot of disputes. Uh, you, you hear about disputes going to court uh, and, and long protracted court cases where wills have been challenged and all this sort of stuff. So, so if you do it properly and do it right, then it's cast iron, it's set in stone. Nobody can can challenge it. And and this, this is why uh, Jim Rohn once talked about building a wall around your your family, a financial wall around your family that nobody can break through, and that and part of this is 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 taking this sort of advice. So thanks for listening, uh, and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit MoneyTipsDaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 